Welcome to Wicked Laughs, a weekly podcast series of how to make yourself funny and bring yourself back to the funny. And uh, what is it, Tom, how to how to bring yourself back to funny and be prosperous again after this whole year that we had? I think you phrased it well, laugh and uh, grow prosperous. Well, I want to introduce our guest today and myself as well. I'm Bucky Lewis, your host for tonight's podcast of Wicked Laughs. And my usual suspect, my special uh, co-host Tom Hayes, who <laughs> liked to lick the salt off the, off the off the inside of the small bus, and then tonight we also have a longtime professional, successful professional comedian from Boston. We're, we're very pleased about Jerry Caruso. Jerry, how are you? Good. How you doing, Bucky? Good. Good. How's life treating you, Jerry? You know, better than I thought. Uh, I mean, last year was all screwed up, but I, I was doing these goofy online shows but they worked I, I don't know how but you know just make them work and i always tell people turn the mics on no we'll turn the mics off i go no i want to see them i don't want to see them laugh. i want to hear them laugh i don't care if you even see these people i don't think they care about seeing me they go oh no 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 we'll turn them off i go no that's going to distract you I go no you're distracting me now you know so i managed to survive I, when i had outdoor shows i i was all excited i had a chubby i'm like oh my god i got an outdoor show and I had like a half a dozen, but I was like overjoyed. So, you know, by the grace of God, I made it through. Well, I got to tell our viewers and listeners that because of what you just said, we are going to convert this to just all audio uh, as far as your chubby <laughs> is concerned. So, <laughs> Tom, I know you 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 love to go to P-Town, so we won't. We'll... <laughs> that is not. That is not a backdrop, folks. That's the real thing. That is not a virtual <laughs> backdrop. That's where, uh, where I live. Well, it, it, this is great to have you guys on and we're talking about. See, <clears throat> we've developed a, a program. Um, it's a course about how to bring people back to their own funny bone. And Jerry, uh, I'm curious to know. I have to bring these guys in just to say hi. I want to show you my stepkid and my grandson who just came in from the water hi how's it going <laughs> hey how are you do you know hey. that do you know the guy right in front of you is is uh not right <laughs> i it doesn't surprise me <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to see you guys how was your how was your sailing adventure or your boating adventure it was good we just came back on the motorboat but we've been sailing all day cool uh what was the scariest moment um waking up and seeing me right henry yes okay um, same here <laughs> probably uh you know when it's when the boats start to capsize it's scary but it's only scary for about a second then it's fun did you ever capsize it what kind of boat is it it's a uh it's a quest okay is it like a laser type thing tom uh no they're uh they're much bigger oh okay Oh, oh uh, well, uh, thanks for interrupting the podcast, kids. Oh, yeah, you can, so you thanks, can go. Guys, but this is no, that worked out perfect. That this guy is my grandson. That's Emmett, and that's Henry. Thanks for coming in, guys. Hey, guys. All See right. ya. So one thing that Jerry, one thing that Tom and I always talk about is Tom's worth on Earth. <laughs> that's that's, that's going to be quick, right? right. <laughs> is it in yet? It's over. <laughs> 
Brace yourself, Bridget. Yeah, well, listen, Jerry, the, uh, what I wanted to ask you was um, for the, the listeners and the, and the viewers out there, what inspired you to make people laugh and get into business and, and know that that was the most important thing? The thing that inspired me, you know, outside of watching comics like Robin Williams and Steve Martin, I'll get away from naming names, but I, I always tried to make people laugh. Even when I was a little kid, I was, I was like roasting my family. And I mean, I got beaten when I got home, but uh, the rest <laughs> of the family enjoyed it. But, you know, I loved doing that and I kept doing it. And then I integrated it into seventh and eighth grade where I just started, uh, you know, entertaining kids in the schoolyard, but. Luckily, it was parochial school, so, you know, the nuns were happy. I kept all the kids from beating the crap out of each other, and then it moved on to high school, the same thing. And I and then I just kept taking cracks at it until the ripe old age of 38. I go, I got to do this. And I had a great show, and then the rest of them were crappy. And then I said, don't give up. And everybody said, give up, give up. I said, no, I'm not giving up. And uh, now, 27 years plus later, it's like, Still doing it, still loving it, and last year was just so crazy. It was just insane. Oh, wait, you know, one thing I'm curious about, you said you have Zoom uh, shows, gigs. You, did yep. you actually get paid for those? The Zoom ones? Yeah. No, no. Well, when I had, like, online shows, you know, some of them would, you know, a little bit, but not a lot. I, I mean, but just enough to keep me going, keep me relevant out there, and just doing things what, that I'd like to do. What were your audiences? Who were you doing that for? Uh, whether they be nonprofits or even civic organizations like Rotary clubs and stuff like that, you know, so it, you know, it made it fun. And it just taught me how to do it without really physically having an audience. I mean, seeing them is different. Yes. But having them right there in front of you is a great thing, but having them online is just so, so different, but it worked, you know, I, you know, I couldn't complain, you know. I mean, was the screen filled up or were you just seeing a couple of people or what? It all depends. Like some shows had like about 10 people. Some had 40, some had 60, some had 80. You know, it all depends what they did to make it right or or, or just to make it work. And, you know, I'm not going to tell people what to do, but it's like, OK, you got to get people. Don't don't say, oh, people on Facebook liked it. No, no, that has nothing to do with it. Oh, they liked it. Oh, that's like me and Larry, the the great larry lee lewis unfortunately passed away recently i mean him and i did a show at roxbury community college boy was that a quick show because we kept running no i'm just kidding and so <laughs> we we the woman said i gotta have <clears throat> what, what do you expect an audience oh i got 750 likes on facebook i go what there were like 10 people there and then they had a dragon the janitor and then the crew from roxbury community college uh, you know, I'm surprised the governor didn't tax us for Christ's sake. You know? Well, I, I got to tell you that what you said struck me is that you don't tell people what to do. But what Tom and I have found is that we are telling people what to do. We, we're telling people that you got to get back to your sense of humor. You know, the mm -hmm. people have just been so far away from it for a while. What, oh, do, you, what do you find uh, is a difference, Jerry? in the live spontaneity of the shows and the crowds versus the online stuff. Is the timing different? Yeah, timing's different because, like, I'll do crowd work and <laughs> get some crowd work online. The only good thing is you can see their names sometimes. It's like, hey, they call <laughs> Sure, hunt them down and kill them. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there's no physical interaction. There's, there's nothing. That's what made it so 
not difficult, but so different that, that you had to do it that way. And it's like, ah, how am I going to do this? This is insane. But, you know, I still make it work. Uh, what I enjoyed most is that they had one where you didn't have an audience. People were watching, but it wasn't a Zoom. And so my friend goes, you were doing crowd work to nobody. I said, yeah, I'd say, how many times out there? I see you all. Oh, my God, there's more than I thought. And <laughs> someone goes, how do you know there were times? They go, there had to have been, you know, because it, it was up in northern Maine. There's witness protection. They're all hiding out, you know. <laughs> not, not gonna... <laughs> oh, I'll tell you, it's, it's crazy. Uh, Tom, what do you think about this whole thing? Where I guess the question here uh, bespeaks of where is live comedy going now where is it gonna is it gonna come back is it gonna stay digital is it gonna stay uh virtual what i gotta give uh jerry an a for effort for desire i mean god bless you jerry you throw yourself you throw some of the wildest craziest shows you know oh i do i do you know and and you go out with them with the an amazing gusto, a zest, you know, you, you give it your all, you sing the songs, you know, you do the imitations and, you know, you're exhausted. You, you know, you're like Robin Williams at the end, you know, just a ball of energy. Um, and sweat and yeah. sweat. Yeah. So there's obviously, you know, and I've been, I've been to some of those shows, they were pretty, some pretty, pretty bleak places. Yeah, that wasn't Tom. Hold on a second. I'm the curator of this thing. I'm the host of this thing. And you just gave him a slap, slap handed. You you backhanded him something that, that you do it in the most bleak places. Yeah. Congratulations on your, your career there, Jerry. <laughs> your career looks bleak. Just let's, like the places you do them at. Let's call, let's call it like it is, Jerry. <laughs> yeah. What brings you to those places? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I find them. I'm, I'm telling you. They as long as they it's it's like the old adage, like the old bookers, like, oh my God, if you put a rug on this subway floor, so and so will do a show there. Well, I learned from the best. <laughs> okay. How about this? One time I did a show in a storefront in Cambridge, an antique store. What are you shitting me? I go, first of all, they don't like me in Cambridge anyway, but why don't they make them hate me more? Say, hey, come on, let's go to the storefront. There's some antiques here. Come on. You know, it's like, oh my God. And they said, you got to be clean. I go, okay, I'll be clean. <laughs> in Cambridge? Yeah, you believe that. Jesus. But go on. I, I'll let you guys ask the questions. This is great. No, but but I mean, you know, Bucky, if I didn't do the back end thing, we would have got that great laugh. So, um, right. so, so I began. Oh, yeah, justify yourself. Well, you opened, you opened for Bucky. needs work. <laughs> you, you, you opened for Bucky. Yes. You do you remember opening for Bucky? No, no. I, <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on. It was, not, in, it was in Haverhill. <laughs> talking about talking about hot spots for comedy. April. Yeah, I, I oh should my. talk. Yeah. Pinch me. Bucky, my memory of you was uh when you had your uh, show on, on, on TV, you would interview DJ Hazard. It was great. Yeah. I said he, he was, who was this Bucky Lewis. And and Tom goes, I don't know who he is, you know. Some guy on a TV show. I don't know. <laughs> well, you speaking about TV show, Tom and I were talking off of camera earlier that you were on the Steve Katzos show. What was that like? Oh, uh, Steve Katzos is a great guy. He's a gentleman, 
And that show was like, it was set up just like the Tonight Show. It was just so good. They had a band there. They had a live audience. I mean, granted, it was like 40 people, but you put them in a small room and the laughter is there. The music's there. And, you know, Steve's got good energy. I mean, he just gave me like, uh, you know, five or 10 minutes, made him laugh. Then he interviews you on top of it. And then he poses with you for pictures. So it was very well done. And, you know, I was on a show with Lenny Clark and he'll probably say, I don't remember who he is. Uh, but, you know, just like it, it's like doing a show in Haverhill with Bucky Lewis. I don't know. <laughs> I had to throw that. I'm sorry. What are you, a comedian? <laughs> yeah, I know. I like that old Larry Lee Lewis joke. I like. I, I went to Catholic school and uh, uh, nuns uh, could tell the future. They look at my report card and say, what are you, a comedian? But anyway, that's, <laughs> love that joke. Uh, uh, but yeah, it was a great experience. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, tell me, I, tell me, Jerry, because Tom talks about this fondly all the time, is that how he fell into comedy? And let's face it, you and I both know he's not that talented as a comedian, <laughs> but he was at the right place at the right time in the Boston comedy uh, scene with Ding Ho. How did you start? Uh, you know, it's it's funny you say that because, and uh, I mean, I officially started '93, but back in 1980. I wound up at Ding Ho because I did a, a, a class clown contest for WVBF when, when it was around with Lauren and Wally. And I finished third out of 50 people in a contest. I felt great and two nights of comedy and someone goes, go to Ding Ho. And I went to Ding Ho and the funniest, and Tom knows this story. Lenny Clark, when he was thin and had a lot of hair, I'm not saying he's <laughs> When he was real thin, young. You guys, are, you guys need bigger shovels. <laughs> <laughs> no, hang on. I'm just saying that this is what I'm really telling the truth. And I, I get up there and he goes to me. He goes, all right, you're signing up for comedy. Good for you. He goes, he says, you're number 59. I go, what? <laughs> 59. He goes, that's not a bad spot. He goes, you go on till 1 a.m. He goes, you'll love it. And I did it. And then he goes, you did a good job. He goes, next time you come, I'll give you a better spot. Next time I came a month later, he goes, you're 44. I said, <laughs> he goes, that's a better spot. I think you were in the 60s before. I go, ah, that's a good point. And the next month was like 29, and the next month was 19. So, but I stopped because, you know, no one kept coming to see me. But then again, in 93, I just made up my mind. I did a show at Digital Equipment Corporation because I'm big. No, it was actually a private party. And so someone said, you should go to Nick's. And if you go to Nick's, we'll come and see you. And here I am at next in a school bus. It looked like the freaking Partridge family pulling up. They were staggering out of the bus. All my 13 friends were drunk. None of them drove, obviously, because it was Boston. I mean, they hired a bus driver and they staggered out and they were made up a third of the audience. And I didn't stop since then. I just had a love for the stage and thought it was just such a great experience. I go, oh, what the heck? I'll do. Well, you said something very potent for what we're trying to explain to, to, to people that listen and, and to watch this is Tom and I talk about this all the time is that you get to a point where you make it you up your mind that you're going to go forward to have the courage and the chutzpah to go forward. Right, Tom? And in 93, you did that and look what happened. You're still doing it. Yep. Yeah. And, and it's like a kind of thing where, I know I do it at a lot of bleak places. <laughs> Freaking Tom Hayes. That's not but like, you get a lot of bleak places you go to. <laughs> you, got to 
You got any bleak, <laughs> uh, dry, boring dates you can send me But then you uh, tell Tom how much yeah. he's getting, all of a sudden, bleak is bright. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Tom. He's out in the wilderness. Look at this. This is great. That's your backyard? <laughs> yeah, front yard. <laughs> well, I, I, get a, I get another question here. So let's get back to the question of, Jerry, where do you think um, uh, live comedy is going with all this stuff that's going on? Is this because Tom couldn't answer it? <laughs> Probably. Yeah, he's got ADD and all that. Yeah, he does. The only reason I'm on Bucky's life is so he can interrupt me. <laughs> <laughs> I think Bucky has us on because... You you don't have you have one good leg and I got one good eye. So oh, see, like, I look good. Okay, no, I look no, good with I'm these guys. Here. I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm leaving. That's it. Fuck this. I need this bullshit. <laughs> yeah, you do. You're in a bleak port. Town. <laughs> that that should be Tom's new motto: bleak. <laughs> <laughs> bleak, bleak comedy, twenty four hours a day. <laughs> That's funny. That's uh, funny, Jerry. Jerry Caruso uh, and his bleak comedy show. Yeah, right. I'll, I'll, I'll Who uses bleak, bleak in a sentence with comedy? Who Tom does Hayes. that? Tom Hayes. <laughs> uh, where do I think it's going? You know, that's, you know, I think it's on the way back. It's just a matter of people having confidence in putting on these shows. I mean, you know, I think the governor, what a great guy he is, huh? Uh, he he waited too long to announce the opening of, of, of the state, like the end of May. So people complain anything for June or July. So there goes the summer. So it's like, you know, hopefully fall starting to open up. I'm, I'm getting booked. You know, I got four shows in August, you know, a couple in September and, and a couple in October and one in November. So slow, but sure, you know, thank God. But it's just a matter of people getting the confidence to, to, to do it. I don't know what there is to, to say. Most people are vaccinated. Hey, I'm not, but I don't care. You know, that's just me. But herd immunity. Right? <laughs> yeah, okay, get off, Jerry. Over. <laughs> you're, not, you're, you're not vaccinated? Forget it. Get off. Get off. You have a bleak career ahead of you. <laughs> Good luck with your well, bleak vaccine. Who, who would have thought that this, this whole podcast would be about the word bleak? <laughs> <laughs> Bleakness at its best. Well, this is really going in the right direction. I can see that, but <laughs> so, but what, what's the reset? I mean, I have no desire to go back. I'm sorry, but uh, why? How come? <laughs> you sounded like Cybell then. Why? What the hell? <laughs> uh, oh, it, it's just uh, first of all the cancel culture stuff. I know. I know. You know, I mean, every, you, it's like walking on eggshells. It's the fun is gone. The spontaneity is gone. Um, you know, I mean, it's 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 not nice out there. Yeah. But, you know, the good thing, Tom, is that and, and I don't mean to bring up bleak again, because I know you like that. <laughs> You're so freaking into that. Um, is that so my shows, I was trying to target blue collar crowds. And those are the ones that don't care about cancel culture. That's the way I look at it. So hopefully we find those venues that want to do it. Like, you know, like the social clubs, the Knights of Columbus, the Elks, the bleak Legion. Places. Bleak. Bleak place. Yeah, bleak. <laughs> you still get paid. Bleak. You guys want to talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, don't Bucky, worry. Sorry. Don't worry. Bucky will interrupt us. He's going to interrupt <laughs> us. 
Yeah, this this bleak love fest you guys have. So, so I I guess I I guess it, my job is to extend the question in the narrative in that, um, and we're so glad you joined us, Jerry. Is that? Oh, I am too. Believe me. Uh, is that we're because of this um, cancel culture because of these younger people uh, just not interacting with other older or like a comedy club offers. Mm. Where do you think they're going to go? Mm. <laughs> it's bleak. bleak. <laughs> I mean, look, look at the comedy clubs that are kind of no longer. And, and it's like, uh, and this is what I got to say, like the veterans like us, you know, carry the torch, try to pass the uh, torch. But then again, you see younger comics, you know, put on shows. That's great. But, you know, you have to get good acts there, too. I'm, I'm not saying there aren't any good acts, but we've always said this, like, you know, it's it's about selling the product and putting guys like us on the show and numerous other talented comedians we have in that Boston, let alone New England area. But when you start seeing these shows, like so someone will say, I'm going to have an open mic. It's like, oh, boy, you know, I mean. People going to come out to see it, but you're going to have some star power there, too, because as well as they think they could do in front of, a, you know, people trying to shoot pool or or people <laughs> trying to play bumper pool, it ain't going to work. It, well, I got you. I got to interrupt you because oh! um, Tom, Tom has always told me as, as, as far as shooting pool, he shoots it with a rope. <laughs> I heard that too. I heard that. <laughs> so listen, I, I got to tell you, this has been great. But I, Tom, I got to ask you: Don't you think? And Jerry, both of you, you know, we're mm -hmm. all older, but mm -hmm. but the the concept is that as you get older in this business, you become better. You become yes. better. Uh, but Tom is bitter. But Tom is bitter. <laughs> <laughs> That was yeah, he, he looks really bitter right now. Yeah. <laughs> no, that that's true. You get these young guys that come out of Northeastern and Emerson with comedy writing uh, degrees, and they they and then these agents. We won't go into that stuff now, but these agents put them on on stage because they're cheap. But that has brought down the comedy. Tom, what do you think? Oh, we've I don't, I don't mean we've beaten this to to death. Um, yeah, you know, Jerry, again, God bless you. You know, you know, I want to go back to one thing that all of us <clears throat> were born to do this. I mean, a lot of people don't believe in destiny. I, I, I do believe that too. Do I mean, and I, obviously you believe in a higher power. Yeah. Oh, I, I think so. God put us three lugs together for a reason to be bleak. And here we are. <laughs> we're, we're not no, but well, I mean true but but we, we we connect fine and the entertainment value is so high. Oh, should i say it hi <laughs> i don't mean to laugh at it but the entertainment value is there and this is a lively podcast a lot of great opinions but a lot of funny which i've seen podcasts where it's like you know not not snoozers but you know depends on what, well, what you want you know and i'm interrupting you again Huh. That's okay. Tom uh, <laughs> But you know, Tom, you and I are gonna have to go see Jerry at a show, and the first routine he's gonna do is about bleak. <laughs> <laughs> what the the, the, the uh, how did my uncle say it? The three of us ought to do a show. I'm I'm, I'm telling you, just get a place. I mean, you guys got the star names. Jerry, Jerry, we are. This is it. Oh yeah. No, it's gonna be more than 
than just you know a couple of muskrats behind you. You and, must and, have... and those kids that you rented. <laughs> <laughs> These are my grandkids, Abner and Henry. <laughs> I had to sign a release form. You notice, you notice they didn't stick around. They were no, born. I, I saw them drive off. You know. <laughs> oh, God. Well, I don't know where they're gonna go. There's all cows behind you. With you know, I know you're not far from me anyway. So. Well, when when Tom first met. His uh, now girlfriend, he his first line to her was, kiss me, nothing makes me sick. <laughs> <laughs> and it was during COVID. <clears throat> and so, and <laughs> that was without the gag on, right? She said, okay, Tom, anything you want. You must <laughs> have some. House. You must and have some. Kids. You must have some great, great Italian stories, Jerry, uh, with oh. your heritage. Where are you from, from Italy? Oh, I'm not from Italy, but I have a lot of family out there. Like uh, my mother's side was all from there. And my father was born on the North End. How close can he be to Italy? That's when the North End was real, you know, not like not like the, the yuppies or like me and Tom talked about, not like Castle Island area where there's, you know, no well, more Bostonians, you know. Right. Just Bro- Brooklyn, New York is the same way. Brooklyn used to be a mecca of, of creative people. And now it's run by the goss with money type thing. Stupid. That's insane. That's insane. Trust fund. Yeah. Trust fund is right. No, we got a lot of stories because I I have a lot of different relatives and it helps people to relate. I I mean, what other ethnic uh, you are, authenticity, then you could share it because everybody's going to bond with you. I mean, how many people went to Catholic school? There's a ton of them that are out there that are still beaten and hurt by, by that. How many got hit by their parents? Everybody's raising their hands. You know, it's these it's these young kids that look around and get hit. Hit. They all they did to me was like slow down my trust fund. They didn't make a big donation. You know, that's <laughs> that's how they get punished. You know, but us, yeah. But I like sharing the Italian stuff because people try to relate to it through through their nationality and through through them growing up too. So it makes it very relatable. And and I know that Italian, Polish, and Jewish are three of the most ridiculed nationalities, but you could do it with every one of them. Seibel taught us that, right, Tommy? The uh, about Russian Orthodox and Germans. I mean, how many comics say, hey, I do German stuff? It's like, yeah, what's okay. What's your favorite story, Jerry? Uh, of of Bob Seibel, that a great comedian, um, that he built himself as the oldest living comedian on earth, right? So that's what right, your... right, yep. Uh, but what one of <laughs> there's a lot of stories, but I think <clears throat> the best story, and I can't say the word. Tom knows this story is when him and I did a show at, at the Bull Run, not a bleak place, by the way. Tom. <laughs> Just telling you, if I ever get that place. <laughs> Is that in oh, Sharon? Is that in Sharon? Uh, Shirley. 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 Okay. Yeah. So we had done a private party and uh, he, I did 35 minutes and he did 45 minutes or, or 55 minutes. And so it was a great crowd. It was like a 60th birthday party. Uh, and, and Bob, you know, I, I did great. And then Bob come up and, you know, Bob annihilated the room about 40 minutes into a set. And he says, Caruso, I can't believe this. What a great show. He goes, look at the, the, he used the C word. I will not say that on the radio. Look at the C word team that we worked for to get a show in Boston. He goes, he goes, oh my Jesus, I said that word. And 
He's looking at me and my face dropped. I go, these people are going to kill us. They're going to they're gonna throw us in the fields with the, with, with the children of the corn. We'll never make it out of here, Bob. Thank you. And they forgave him because that's the kind of comedian that he was. They just looked at him and go, nah, don't worry about it. And there were little kids there. I, you know, I, I won't say shit in front of my grandchildren. And Bob's saying, C-U-N-T. He's like, oh, my God. You know, oh, they'll understand. Oh, God. I never laughed so hard. And even afterwards, he goes, I'm sorry, people. <laughs> but one more. Do you want one more? Yes, oh, yeah, definitely. So, so we told this, my wife and I, my lovely wife, said to her friends, you got to see Bob Seibel. So that's when I was big then. I, I worked for Paul Wayne. Um, and we did the place in Gardner called Sully's. And I'm sure you, you've heard oh, of it. I love Sully's, yeah. Sully's a great place. So with Bill and Bob, like it was me, Larry Norton was in the middle, and and and, and Cybell closed. That was a really good lineup, strong lineup. Crowd was hot. Then I got to Bob. And unfortunately, Bob broke up with some girl from ages ago. So he looks at the crowd. He goes... <sighs> they go, here's a guy, the wild man of Lynn, the wild man of comedy. And they're going on, they're the oldest comedians and going on and on. He gets a stage, the lowest energy I've ever seen. He goes, how many people have a broken heart? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I'm saying like, this is going to be a punchline. How many people don't think they have a heart because it's been pulled out of their chest? <laughs> <laughs> so my friend looks at my wife and goes, this is the guy who's wicked funny. He goes, I lost someone. She didn't die, but it's just the same. <laughs> this dissertation went on for five friggin' minutes. I'm saying, like, oh my God, do I go up on stage and tap dance and do something? <laughs> and the crowd's just looking. He got him back. Please don't get me wrong. He uses, he uses a C word again. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Well, listen, we're running out of time. This has been great. We got to get you back on, Jerry. Because, oh, please do. You know, one thing, one thing we all have in common, us three of us, is that our desire to make the world a better place with comedy and Amen. stories and humor. And, Amen. And so on behalf of my special partner who's in paradise, Tom Hayes, who has um, really gotten into his bleak world, <laughs> uh, and I, we want to thank uh, a, a great talented comedian from Boston area, Jerry thank Caruso. Uh, I'm all right. I'm I, all right. I, I'm, uh, yeah, my name is Bucky Lewis on the shores of beautiful Lake Guttapee here in New Hampshire for Wicked Laughs. We'll nice. see you next time. Thanks. You God bless.